0: everybody, and welcome. You are listening to The Preparedness Breakdown Podcast, a no-nonsense approach to everything preparedness. My name is Terry, and I am your host here on The Breakdown. For those of you who don't know me, I have a background in the fire service, where I have worked as a professional career firefighter and paramedic, I have also served a couple years in the military, and I have spent the better part of the last 25 to 30 years learning and prepping in some form or another. I currently own a preparedness supply company and serve as an instructor in many disciplines, including firearms and medical training. So with that covered, let's get started with today's episode of the Preparedness Breakdown. And today is Saturday, February 19th, 2022. This is episode 8 Alpha Security. Hey, everybody. Today we're going to talk about security. In episode 7 Alpha OPSEC, Operational Security and Situational Awareness, we discussed the concept of security from an informational perspective, not allowing your information to be compromised. Today, we are going to discuss the physical aspect of security. We will talk about several concepts surrounding security, but we will not be getting into detailed security measures as those warrant a more specific look depending on the particular aspects of security you are looking at. Security, physical security. Security is a broad topic that encompasses a wide range of security measures. This includes the protection of you, your family, your home, your bug-out or bug-in locations, any place that you might be at the present time, your personal property, and possessions. How do we go about providing for our own security and the security of the ones close to us? It is a daunting task, no doubt, when you look at all of the details that go into planning, providing, and executing your security plan. We will start with your personal security. Protecting yourself from predators of all kinds, shapes, and sizes is the first step to your security. We start with this because if you can't provide for this, then none of the rest matters. Look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs as an example. When it comes to moving up the pyramid toward self-actualization, you can't progress from a lower level to a higher level without addressing the needs of the lower level first. If you don't have your personal security taken care of, you are not able to think about or address any other security need that you have. When I think about personal security, I think about what it takes to keep myself secure in all situations, regardless of where I am at or what situation I am in. Keeping yourself away from and avoiding compromising situations to begin with is a big step in providing for your personal security and all other aspects of your security. Personal security takes on many forms and techniques. How are you going to defend yourself in any given situation? Some people look to martial arts to help provide for their own self-defense. The study of martial arts is beneficial in many ways, including improving your physical fitness and your level of discipline. It is a time-consuming venture, with several hours each week devoted to learning the art. Learning a martial art helps you acquire the skills and techniques that will elevate your chances in winning in a confrontation when faced with a hand-to-hand combat situation, including some situations where hand and blade weapons are introduced against you. This leads us to the next option for you to utilize in protecting yourself. Hand and Blade Weapons Hand and blade weapons include everything from hammers and baseball bats to knives, machetes, and a variety of swords. Using a hand or bladed weapon, like martial arts, takes a lot of time to become proficient in their use. If you think you're just going to be able to buy a knife at a store or other venue and that you will be able to be effective in a fight with it, think again. This takes time in learning the skills to utilize that weapon correctly. Hand and blade weapons have their own pros and cons. They can be inexpensive or they can cost a pretty penny. Some are small and portable, while others are heavier and bulkier. If a hand or blade weapon is your thing, cool. I would encourage you to spend the time in learning how to use one effectively and proficiently. The next weapon up the ladder is the less than lethal variety of weapons. These include tasers, pepper spray, rubber bullets, beanbag rounds, and rubber ball and pepper ball guns. If you step into this realm, you should realize that most of these items are used as a deterrent or to temporarily disable, delay, or hinder an assailant so that you have time to get away. They generally just buy you time. If you plan on using one of these, make sure you have the means to get out of the situation and completely away from the area before the effects of the weapon wear off or are no longer effective in mitigating the threat. Finally, on the personal security level of escalation, is firearms. Do you carry? Firearms are a great deterrent because of the lethality they have the potential for. Some people do not like firearms, and to each their own. I am a fan and an advocate for them, so much so that I have become a firearms instructor and an FFL, or Federal Firearms Licensee. While I am a big advocate of firearms, I am also a big advocate of people being trained and proficient in the use of firearms. I firmly believe that if you do not know how to use one, train with it often, know all the safety parameters associated with them, and are able to be judicious in your marksmanship, well, then you probably should not carry one. At least not until you are proficient with it. You cannot just buy a gun and then think you're going to be able to pick it up one day and use it, especially in a hostile environment. Your body has the fight or flight system where when a great many people, I would even say most people, they get flustered when faced with a do or die situation. They get worked up, they panic, and when that happens, your fine motor skills go out the window. You lose your ability to function normally. That is the last thing you want to happen when you are faced with a life-threatening situation. But there is a solution, and that solution is stress inoculation training. You can train yourself to actually be calm and respond appropriately in life-threatening situations through training by practicing and putting yourself, in a safe training environment that is, into situations where you have to deal with making do-or-die decisions. This can be through live role-playing training, force-on-force training, or video simulator training. With these types of training environments, you get put into as real of a situation as possible, and then you have to deal with the situation at hand. Then, once the evolution is over, you do a recap and run back through what went right and what went wrong. You fix the mistakes you made, and then you try again, hmm, with maybe even a different set of circumstances. The more stress inoculation training you get, the better and more effectively you will respond when presented with the real deal. For all you range ninjas out there who love to go to the range often and claim that you know how to shoot and you can make a target look like Swiss cheese, congratulations. That is one aspect of firearms training where you can hone your shooting skills and learn to be an effective marksman. With that said, I hate to burst your bubble, but Paper targets, don't shoot back. If you truly want to make yourself better at firearms, you will engage in some kind of force-on-force training and stress inoculation training. When you have another human in the mix, thinking against you, trying to outsmart you, trying to get you before you get them, that is where you can really elevate your game and learn some really important skills. That is why boxers, wrestlers, martial artists, and the like spar often. Force-on-force training is by far the best training you can get when it comes to firearms training. Disclaimer, when training in these methods, you must always follow all of the firearm safety rules and never use live ammunition in these types of training environments. While I believe force-on-force and stress inoculation training is high on the chart and some of the most effective training you can get you still need to have range time. There is absolutely no substitute for live fire training and sending lead downrange. That is especially important for working on marksmanship and recoil control. I asked earlier if you carry or carry concealed. I am going to briefly touch on this matter to provide some perspective, especially from my point of view. I have carried in several formats, open carry, concealed carry, and off-body carry, which an example of this would be ladies carrying in their purse or men just carrying in a range bag or backpack. I have seen people who open carry and say it is their right to do so, and so they do. They are right. It is their right to do so. But just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should. I am going to advocate for both open and concealed carry based on the situation you are entering. Let me elaborate on this a bit. To me, your best tool for protecting yourself in most everyday situations is to have the element of surprise on your side. If you conceal carry and no one knows you have a firearm on you, you have that element of surprise on your side. You choose when you reveal your secret and you can do that at the most optimal time to use it to your advantage. If you are engaged in open carry, you lose that option. Furthermore, not only do you lose the advantage, but you create a situation where you have put yourself as the first target for the bad guys. Bad guys are no different than you and me. If we are in a situation, we should opt to take out the greatest threat first. If you are open carrying, you are painting that target on yourself and are likely to be the first one attacked. Okay, so when should I open carry? Open carry has one advantage over concealed carry, and that is when you are in a group of other armed people, like your family, group, team, or tribe. In this instance, open carry works to your advantage as you present a show of force. It is foolish for the bad guys to go up against a group of armed individuals if it appears that everyone in the group is armed. It is one thing for them to attack a group of unarmed people and risk one or two of them being armed versus a group of people where they clearly can see the entire group is armed. It shifts the balance of the scale in your favor and is a likely deterrent for any would-be evildoers. So my recommendation is to carry concealed as much as possible, except when you are with a group of other armed people. If you are with a group of armed people, Taking that show of force one step further and wearing matching clothing like uniform shirts, matching hats, or even the same colored t-shirt will further advance your cause in making the bad guys believe you are a force to be reckoned with. Personal security, as I stated before, is paramount in your overall security. I have presented several ways for you to use tools to your advantage in keeping yourself protected on a personal level. I have one more thing to say about personal security before we move on. For those of you who plan on using less than lethal hand or blade weapons or solely martial arts, remember this. Don't bring a knife to a gunfight. And now, a word from our sponsor. The Preparedness Breakdown is sponsored by Iowa Preparedness Supply. Iowa Preparedness Supply provides emergency preparedness supplies, products, items, and training to individuals, families, and groups of all sizes. Any natural or man-made disaster can be difficult to navigate. However, those who plan ahead of time and are prepared have a greater chance overcoming the challenges associated with a long or short-term disaster. Plainly put, failing to plan is planning to fail. That is why Iowa Preparedness Supply wants to get the supplies, equipment, and training you need into your hands at a reasonable cost. We offer items like solar-powered flashlights, fire starters, emergency medical supplies, essential oils, ballistic armor, smoke grenades, less-than-lethal rubber ball and pepper ball guns, water filters, gas masks, and firearm laser training products, just to name a few. We also offer group training in the areas of communications, security, emergency medical, preparedness, group and team dynamics, and firearms training. You can reach us by visiting our website at www.iowapreparednesssupply.com, by phone at 712-600-4509, or by sending us an email at info at iowapreparednesssupply.com. Okay, so let's get back to our discussion. Now that we have addressed your own personal security, you can take the next step up, and that is to look at the protection of your family, friends, or those immediately with you. The first thing when looking at this is to assess their particular capabilities. Do they have the right mindset to even think about security? What is their knowledge of security measures and weapons use? Do they have or could they be persuaded to have a willingness to learn? If it is possible, I would try to get them to go down that road and do all you can to ensure they get training and skills. Better for them to be prepared for themselves and be able to handle their own security if need be. If something happens to you and you are not there to protect them, then what? The more they know and learn, the better their skills are, the greater the asset they become to you and lessens the level of liability they may create. I don't want to seem harsh here, but if you are listening to this and you don't have knowledge, skills, and abilities for security matters, you are a liability to someone close to you. You are a liability to the one who protects you. The good news is is that you can change this by educating yourself, learning the skills, and becoming proficient in security matters. By doing this, you will become an asset to them and greatly enhance your overall security by being a force multiplier. Everyone, with the exception of infants and young children, can learn things about security to help you increase your level of protection. These things can be as simple as implementing code words or phrases that are only known to you and those in your circle, or by teaching them what to do in certain situations. No different than conducting fire drills in your home using a pre designated escape plan, the same thing can be done from a security perspective. Train your family what to do and then practice it. Code words or phrases can also be used for your kids and family members to alert you if they are in danger, or as a security measure to allow or deny access. Let's talk about security as it concerns your home, property, bug-in, or bug-out location. Depending on the specifics of your situation, this can vary greatly your ability to implement security measures are completely different if you live in an apartment complex as opposed to a house in a residential area or your 14-acre farm out in the sticks. Regardless of what your housing situation is, there are some common things you can do to increase your level of security. Reinforcing doors and windows, changing your routine on what time you leave your place, better lighting, motion sensor-activated lights or security cameras, perimeter alarms, or even motion alarms. One thing I have used is a multi-sound motion-activated driveway alarm. When someone or vehicle passes the sensor, the alarm goes off to alert me someone is approaching. I have these set up in multiple locations, and each location has a different alarm sound, so I know which sensor is being activated by the sound. In episode 6 alpha, what is your plan, I talked about conducting a threat assessment for your location. This is crucial for identifying what your security needs are for any given location. This will look at everything from what direction your threats are likely to come from to what your strong points are in terms of how defensible your property is. I really don't want to get too deep into the weeds on this one because we could be here for days talking about it. That rabbit hole is best suited for another day in time. The point I am making here is this. Unless you live in a reinforced underground bunker in the middle of no man's land, your property, home, or location can be made safer from a security perspective if you honestly evaluate your situation and looked to fortify it. Lastly, I wanna touch on providing security when you are out and about or at a location that is not your own domicile. When military teams go out on maneuvers, missions, or assignments, when they get to the location or area, one of the first things they do is to set security. Usually this means that the members of the team fan out in a circle, so to speak, facing outward, so that each operator or team member covers a certain area or field of fire so they have eyes in all directions 360 degrees around where they are. They can watch for a threat or other occurrences that may present itself in any direction. You can apply this same concept to your own situation wherever you go by being mindful of your surroundings and applying that situational awareness we talked about in episode 7 alpha. You can also do this by training your family to do the same. Try this. Tell your family you're going to play a game. Give each family member a different area to watch and ask them to say something if they spot something unusual or out of place. You can even award points if they point out something really good. Do this every time you go somewhere. In no time, you will have them trained to look for things and be watchful over their assigned area or field of fire, if you will you will be effectively training them to set security each and every time they arrive somewhere new. And this, my friends, is how you help provide security when you are out and about. There are so many more security items that we didn't touch on in this episode, like perimeter security, providing security on a 24-7 basis, creating defensive positions in your residence and on your property, and team operations like Initiating guard duty and all the intricacies that go along with that. Security is a deep subject, and we have only just scratched the surface in this episode. We may look at some of these things in greater depth in future episodes when there is more time to explore them in detail. And that will bring us to our kit collection segment. In the kit collection segment, we select and review one or more items of kit or Gear that is a good item to have as part of your collection of prepping items or preps. So when I say kit, I am talking about all the gear, loadout, clothing, equipment, and preps that you have and will acquire and can use in an incident should one occur. Kit collection. The item we have selected for today's kit collection segment is a couple of less than lethal rubber ball and pepper ball guns. The TR-50 revolver and HDP-50 pistol are both CO2 powered and shoot a 50 caliber round. They both can shoot hard rubber balls, pepper balls and powder balls. They both come with a rapid CO2 activation system. The TR50 revolver has a 6-round magazine and comes with 4 additional magazines. The TR50 shoots rounds at a velocity of 360 feet per second. The HDP50 has the resemblance of a semi-automatic pistol and is capable of holding 6 rounds in the built-in tube magazine. The HDP-50 comes with 10 rounds of rubber ball and 10 rounds of pepper ball. The HDP shoots rounds at a velocity of 375 feet per second. Rubber ball, powder ball, or pepper ball rounds and CO2 cartridges are needed to operate these CO2 guns. The TR-50 and HDP-50 provide you with a less-than-lethal option for security and protection of you and your family. If you are interested in purchasing any of the rubber ball and pepper ball products highlighted in this segment, they are available on the Iowa Preparedness Supply website at www.iowapreparednesssupply.com. A link to each of these items on the Iowa Preparedness Supply website has been included in the show notes listed in the episode description. Announcement. If you missed the last episode, we made the announcement that Iowa Preparedness Supply and the Preparedness Breakdown will be attending and participating in a Preparedness Expo coming up next month in Harrison, Arkansas. The Tactical Survival and Defense Expo is being held the weekend of March 11, 12, and 13 at Camp Jack, which is a Veterans Resource Center in Harrison, Arkansas. The event is being hosted by Cindy Siler and Ace Promotions LLC and has just a $5 admission fee for the event. Kids 13 and under are free. All classes at the event are free and there will be approximately 80 tables of vendors, including the Iowa Preparedness Supply Booth. I will be on hand and will be teaching two classes at multiple time slots throughout the weekend. Class one will be what is an IFAC individual first aid kit and class two will be mutual assistance groups, team dynamics, and organization. We will have all of our preparedness products available at our booth. This is the only preparedness show going on in the United States for that weekend. So get your prepper on and come meet us, visit with us, and get some great education at the tactical survival and defense expo. You can find information about the event, including hours, And location in the show notes listed below in the episode description. So today, we covered your own personal security, security of your family, security for your property, and how you can set security when you are out and about. We also introduced you to our sixth kit collection segment, rubber ball and pepper ball guns. I hope this was informational for you and that you can apply it to your own situation. All right, that will wrap it up for episode 8 Alpha Security. If you liked this podcast, I would encourage you to like and follow us. You can help us keep this podcast going by making a donation on the Iowa Preparedness Supply website or by joining the P38 Club on our Patreon site. Subscribers will have access to exclusive content and specials when they become available and will receive a monthly discount. Equal to your subscription amount for purchases on the Iowa Preparedness Supply website. That gives you the opportunity to get back your subscription fees while still enjoying exclusive content and access. You can find us on Facebook, Bullhorn, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, Player FM, Listen Notes, and wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can visit our website thepreparednessbreakdown.com and hear us via the embedded player at iowapreparednesssupply.com. Tell your friends, tell your family, and tell your neighbors about this new podcast dedicated to preparedness. You can also reach out to us by sending an email to info at thepreparednessbreakdown.com. You can find links to our websites, Patreon, contact information, and other show information in the show notes listed below in the episode description. And that will do it for this episode of the Preparedness Breakdown. Until next time, stay vigilant, keep learning, and keep preparing.